Today's episode is a shorter one. We are going to talk to a real live breathing high school band student. We're going to talk and discuss student participation and involvement in fundraising, a student's perspective. Here we go. Welcome to Funding the Performing Arts podcast, open and frank discussion about supporting and growing the performing arts, such as instrumental, vocal, drama, dance, marching, and pageantry arts. All right, so this episode is going to be a little different. It's going to be one of those micro short form episodes that we're going to do on this podcast from time to time. I interview my daughter. My daughter's name is Lauren. She's actually an eighth grader. However, in her band program, they march eighth graders that uh, I guess show the right aptitude and also play the right instrument that they're short on. And I don't know of a high school band that couldn't use an extra good tuba player. So uh, she's got it together. She's she's a pretty solid musician for an eighth grader. Uh, and she's really been uh, working quite hard at her instrument and really enjoyed the marching band experience as a rookie uh, for the first time. Uh, this band program, just to give you some perspective, it's Cab Calloway School of the Arts located in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, it's actually a very unique environment in that the school is a magnet school attached to the Red Clay Consolidated School District. Now, it's a magnet school, but it is still a public school that students can choice into. However, they have to pass an audition entrance assessment. And for fifth graders coming into the middle school, there's a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade middle school. And then those eighth graders have to re-audition and reapply for entrance into ninth grade. So then it's nine through 12 in the same building uh, for high school. Different faculties, completely different band rooms. Uh, They do share some, I guess there's some bleed over in terms of of some equipment uh, like music theory. Uh, Some of the eighth graders take that with high school kids, et cetera. Uh, also notable in the same building is Charter School of Wilmington, which is actually a STEM academy. So there's a lot going on under this one roof. And the neat part about it is that you have these STEM students that are 9 through 12 that have the opportunity to study uh, the arts and participate in the performing arts, uh, the, the drama, the theater, the dance uh, the, the visual arts and the instrumental vocal programs. Uh, and also those art students at Cab Calloway School of the Arts have the opportunity to flex into more advanced math and science courses as well if there's room. So it's a great symbiotic relationship between the two organizations. Uh, it is pretty unique. Uh, now, that being said, there is still definitely uh, shortcomings in terms of budget, in terms of making sure that all of the programs are funded and looked after. Um, you would think, of, hey, just because it's got arts school, Cab Calloway School of the Arts, uh, that it would be an endless fountain of money spitting out uh, funding for, for these programs. And that's not the case. It is still a public school. Uh, it's just that there's definitely a focus and an emphasis from a curricular standpoint on the arts, which is a great environment. Uh, it's very inclusive. It's very welcoming. Uh, it's also very challenging as well. And they are really assessed on how they play and they hold students accountable. So uh, I have to say, I've never taught in an environment like that. 
uh, I was my my teaching years and my teaching experience has been a little bit more straight down the middle in terms of public schools. So it is a different vibe, uh, and it's just it's pretty cool actually. So uh, I sat down with my daughter and just wanted to pick her brain for a few moments just to talk a little bit about how this band handles fundraising. Now I'd like to say I am a uber involved band parent. I will confess I am not, uh, mainly because it takes a lot of time. My day job, my gig is fans raise, uh, which means that I am typically interfacing with other booster programs and other band staffs and other ensembles that are utilizing our services. So a lot of times that crosses over. Uh, I do watch a lot of rehearsals and I do carry pit equipment and we do do a little bit of fundraising as a as a household when uh, when it applies. But we'll go into that a little bit. But I, I think it's pretty cool to get the kids perspective on how fundraising is viewed. And maybe there's some things we can learn. So I'm going to go ahead and flip over to this interview now. Enjoy. So this smells weird. It does. It smells like a, got a new car smell, but it's a new microphone. It's a new smell. microphone smell. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny how they smell like that. So let me let me ask you a question. Give me your. This is interesting. I, please don't do that. Can you do me a favor and right now? So you're an eighth grader. Yes. But you marched in the marching band for the high school. Yes. This season, so. Lauren, I want you to keep the microphone not up on your nose, like just the same distance from your mouth. Okay, it's very important. Mm -hmm. All right. So you marched as an eighth grader this past fall. Mm -hmm. And I want your honest assessment about fundraising. So like, how, how does your band handle fundraisers? Like who who talks about them? Who pushes them, or are they pushed? Like, what's the students' general attitude toward fundraisers? Like, what do you what are your thoughts? Well, we just do like the mums sale, and I think Color Guard does like pies, mm-hmm. but like we don't talk about it much. It's, it's not just talked like about at much at the end of rehearsal. Like sometimes Mr. Darp's like, okay, go pick up the mums so you can go sell them. Okay, but, like we don't talk about it that much so it's not really talked about hmm okay do, do you think a lot of the students actively participate in the fundraisers or they just sort of look at it as blah some people are very into it but most people just like sell like zero or one okay interesting so do you think there's a way that your band or a band could how how would how would a organization try to get kids more interested or more excited or more fired up about fundraising talk about it talk about it more mm-hmm. right how about like like when you sell something do you clearly know what's going to go into your fundraising account Mm-mm. So it's just sort of like you'll get some credit, but you don't precisely know what. Because yeah. I actually have a suspicion. I think that a lot of groups probably de-emphasize that. And if 
the kids really understood what's in it for them, they might do more. Yeah, but like with moms and stuff, it was just like a big like collective like money pot. It wasn't like there were no names attached to it or anything. So there was like no credit assigned at all. So it all went to the organization. Yeah. Well, some fundraisers have to be like that. Yeah. But I think it, I think what a lot of bamboosed organizations do is they will they'll set some fundraisers aside for the kids to earn their money for their band trip or their activity fees or whatever. And then other fundraisers go to the organization. Um, that's interesting. So you just don't really hear it being talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think part of the reason for that is that a lot of times instructional staffs and the band directors, like they don't get like to get too involved with that. Yeah. It's more of a booster thing. Yeah. But I can tell you from a parent perspective, we get emails every week on it. Yeah, but if, like, one of the band boosters was was our band director, then they'd, like, talk about it so much. But I feel like Mr. Tharp wants to, like, stay away from all that. Well, I can tell you that a lot of band directors probably feel the same way. Yeah, Okay. So what what kind of idea what do you think from a from like a student standpoint like what kind of fundraisers do you think might be the best fans raise okay I didn't pay you, <laughs> I didn't pay you to say that don't say no I meant like just on a, on like a general basis like do you think like you, you can't sell things in school right um so like candy bars and stuff that wouldn't work don't, well, don't they have a rule about that I don't think so hmm. I think. I think Color Guard did like a bake sale or something. And right. I think it worked pretty well, but I don't know. Okay. So basically, I think from just our little quick interview here that there's just not a lot of information transfer going on to the students to like let them know here's what's happening, here's the fundraiser, here's how much you'll make from it in your own trip account. Here's why it's important. Like, it's just not maybe not enough communication. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's probably an area where groups could do a little bit better. How about, like, making a game out of it? That would be cool. Yeah. Like, do you, do you think, like, because <laughs> I, th- I would think that you're a heavy breather, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> so... I would tend to think that the competitive aspect of like section to section, like imagine, let's say you were going to have a fundraiser and it was going to be woodwinds versus the brass versus the drumline versus the guard. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were like daily progress updates or better yet, it was online. So everyone could go check it and you could tell how your section was doing in relation to the other three sections or other three captions in the band. And then the staff, like you could actually divide up this, like Mr. Tharp or your band director wouldn't probably be directly involved, but let's say like the drum staff would be with the drum line, the guard staff would be with the color guard. Make it just a big competition. Yeah, like totally gamify it. Totally make like a, like a, trash talk each other (laughs) that would be most effective it would right because i mean there's your band in particular has a lot of section spirit like i feel like you're the kids would 
probably rally together and just like, all right, if nothing else, we got to beat the Woodwinds. <laughs> like, you know, or, or if, we have to crush the color guard. Yep. And I could also see that, like, with the indoor programs, too, like drumline and guard. Mm-hmm. They're roughly the same size ensembles. They rehearse at the same they're they're in the same season you know for some time some points they're arguing over gym time (laughs) for rehearsal space things like that that could be that could be pretty cool Mm -hmm. so i get an agreement from you on that Mm -hmm. okay they could do like pit versus battery or like yeah percussion versus color guard Uh, yeah yeah we could do you could totally do that and it doesn't need to necessarily be a fans race thing. Like you could do that with anything. It's easier to do it with fans race because it's all online and it's all tracked and it's easy to quantify, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. All right, well, that's pretty cool. So you're looking forward to next season? Yep. That's good. That's good. So, so this has been just a quick interview from a student's perspective about fundraising. So often I am trying to elicit the band director or the band booster point of view, but not often do we get a chance to hear from a student. You're like moving yeah. your microphone around a lot. Sorry. You gotta keep it still. <laughs> You're like, whatever. All right, well, this has been Lauren Gilbert, eighth grade, 13 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. All state tuba player. Mm-hmm. Two years, first chair running, which is pretty cool. Awesome swimmer. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, this has been helpful, and I'm sure our podcast audience will find this mildly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say goodbye. Okay, bye. All right, so what can I say? When you're working with a 13-year-old that's a little reluctant to speak, you know how teenagers are. But a couple of the big takeaways I got. Number one, students' attitudes are fairly blah when it comes to fundraising. Much of that probably due to the general prevailing attitudes of the educators and the instructional staff. Face it, they're not there to push fundraising. They're there to to teach feet and music and choreography and color guard work and, and diddles and all that. So it's hard to get an instructional staff to really get all geeked up about fundraising in the marching band setting. And I get it. And it's, uh, it's natural. I've been there. Uh, but I can tell you that in situations where we have had fundraisers run with fans raise, and the instructional staff or the executive director or the um, the head person in charge is the one that's actually saying, look, guys, this is this is the campaign. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. I need everyone to step up. Those campaigns go great. They go much, much better than when it's just a band mommy or a band daddy uh, that's that's trying to get, you know, uh, a, a portion of mind share and energy uh, from, from a group. It's tough. The large group dynamic is difficult. And especially in organizations where the fundraising culture may be more relaxed, it may be more optional. It, uh, you know, there are certainly uh, a multitude of different ways you can fundraise. If you're actually going to do something that is gamified and that is, uh, a rallying cry, let's say for, uh, for the kids, 
then I think crowdfunding might be a, an interesting outlet uh, to experiment with that. Uh, we're seeing groups do some some pretty cool things in short order in terms of raising big chunks of money in, in short amount of time. So there you have it, episode 206. Fundraising for the arts from a student's perspective, something a little different. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you soon on the next episode. Until then, don't forget to subscribe. Have a great day.